Bill is a failed skydiver and a bear sometimes he runs. Ben's always traveling, an occasional beach bum. Phil talks a lot, Ben not at all. It's BHP Town Hall. Random guests, alcohol, BHP Town Hall. Ben created Eye on Off, he's a comic book fanatic. Phil made Pyro CMS, he's probably in a kayak. Phil talks a lot, Ben not at all. It's BHP. Town Hall. Random guests, alcohol, BHP, Town Hall. Welcome to episode 67 of PHP Town Hall. Uh, my name is Matt, and I'm here with my very good friend. Uh, let's go with 8 out of 10 today, Ben Edmonds. How are you Wait, doing? I moved down. Wasn't I 9 out of 10 last time? I can't remember. I'm sad now. Oh. Uh, <laughs> hey everyone <laughs> how's it going good man how are you good well you know trying to trying to live the dream or nightmare I haven't figured it out yet and today um we're joined by one of our really good friends um uh, mr adam colt all the way from sunny humid hot miami adam how's it going hey how's it going good is this have, is this your first time on town hall Oh no, no! I've got a, I've been on air a couple of times. Cool. Uh, it's so, been uh, a while though. It's been uh, oh, I don't know, three years. It's back in the Phil days, right? Yeah, yeah. Back in the dark times. It <laughs> was. It was. I think I was on two different times, but it was back. It was back during the dark days. Yeah, we really try not to look at those days, but you know, sometimes they rear their ugly head. Well, you know. But so um, it's been three years. You know. Uh, what what have you been up to in those three years? I know I know for you a lot a lot has changed. A lot has changed. I've been very busy. You know, between uh, you know Sunshine PHP, I launched Beachcast, so I'm doing a lot of a uh, lot of online tutorials on YouTube. Uh, doing some streaming on on streaming on Twitch, and then usually I touch them up a little bit and then put them out on YouTube as a video, um, a little bit more formal. Uh, not too polished, but uh, but form more formal than Twitch, right? And then, uh, uh, what else? I uh, well, I've got a new job. I'm working with Nextmo these days, so I'm not with Rogue Wave anymore. I'm I'm with Nextmo, so working with an awesome team uh, as uh, d developer relations. Um, I'm the the lead on the Extend team. So, Extend if you're if you're using Nextmo or if you want to use Nextmo, there's uh, other than the SDKs and other libraries, there's a special section called Extend. And what we're going to do is we're going to build that into a way. It's it's kind of like building a a wrapper between Nexmo SDKs and products and other services. Like for instance, we we just built one that uh, allows you to use Nexmo SMS in conjunction with uh, IBM Watson, and basically it'll return the sentiment of the communication in the text messages. So if you want to, if you want to know for sure, is that person pissed off? You can uh, Watson will tell you, yeah, they're upset. Um, you know, so it's kind of neat to see how the the sentiment engine works. And it's a, it's a lot of fun too. So I, I can use that to make sure everyone knows that I'm sarcastic in pretty much everything I say. It depends on the language. It's kind of funny because sometimes um, in the testing, sometimes I found that. I might have been saying things in a way that I thought for sure would come across as being angry and it and it came back as being thoughtful or something like that. 
And uh, and then I was looking at the way it was analyzing the speech, and it was like, okay, well now I can see why it thought that. And um, you know, that could be handy to like you know help you know maybe native speakers won't understand what you're trying to get across here or something. Yeah, well, exactly yeah. right. And and that's the thing is, so if you put it in with a with a text message, and you, you could add an extra bit in there and say, okay, this person's uh, you know contemplating, or this person's excited, happy, sad, what have you. Um, you know, so for somebody, like you said, somebody who's not a native English speaker getting a text message, it, it adds a little bit of context for them. And it's That's really pretty cool. And so there's IBM Watson does that. There's also a, a Microsoft Azure uh, sentiment analysis. It's another one that we created. So, so that's the thing with, with Extend is it's just different libraries that allow to work together between Nexmo stuff and other people's stuff. It's, and it's really, really a lot of fun. Uh, we're going to be doing a lot more. That sounds cool. I can't, I can't wait to see um, what you all do with that kind of stuff. I think it'd be really interesting um, yeah. to do. Um, but so we have, we have you on because, um, you know, you're one of the more prolific uh, developers out there using what was the Zen framework now becoming the Laminus framework. And, and uh, you know, that, that was a recent development as of, I think MWAP told me about it um, in secret back in March. Mm -hmm. And I think it, it when, when was the official announcement? Um, like April, maybe? Something like that. I don't know. Um, I'd have to look up the date to know for sure. But yeah, it was it was right around then when they when they officially announced it and, yeah and they wanted to make sure what they were doing before they officially announced it so so there was a lot of a lot of research going on to see about uh, making it a foundation in uh, under the under the, uh, the 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 linux foundation things are open open source and uh, so as they were as they were getting all that stuff together they didn't want to come right out and announce until they were ready so, I mean, the, the general idea, in case people haven't been following, is that um, uh, at first, Zen was kind of under its own umbrella with the Zen um, development company that was headed up by Zeev, um, who is, as most people should know, one of the, the developers who architected PHP 3. And then that moved to Rogue Wave um, for at least, what, three or four, maybe five years? It was, it was uh, almost three. Yeah, it was almost yeah. three. And then, uh, so yeah, so Zend was around for for a good long while, and then uh, and then Rogue Wave acquired Zend, yeah. uh, and then uh, now they're Rogue, uh, now Rogue Wave is actually acquired by Perforce, um, and as part of all that consolidation and everything, it was just decided that uh, you know, and that was uh, uh, April seventeenth. Um, so April seventeenth, they officially announced that uh, that now we're going to you know move it over. And become uh, you know under the Linux Foundation as a as a project called uh, branded Laminus. Okay, so for more history there, um, Perforce, aka Rogueway, aka Zend, is no longer contributing to PHP or the Zend framework or any of that, right? So they moved on from all those efforts. Well, they they just decided it, it was decided that it would do better on its own, right? Um, mm -hmm. They wanted to. You know, make it so it's not just one company sponsoring it. Now, now it opens up Zen Framework and the other the other properties under Zen Framework. It opens them up so now they can, um, you know, have more multiple sponsors, right? More people helping guide, you know, the future of the frameworks, the future of the different tools that make up, you know, the 
everything, right? Because there's there's Zen framework, there's expressive, there's app agility, you know, and and all these tools now can uh, have direction, you know, from multiple sponsors versus just one. Not fair. Is the um is the name change like a legal thing, or what was the kind of thinking behind changing the name there? So the Zen name is uh, the Zen name is still part of. Perforce, right? It's still part of Perforce, still part of 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 the Zen Rogue Wave Perforce. So it, it just made sense to have a new name because legally that name is still being used by them, right? For Zen Server and and other things that um, that they're selling, right? Commercial products. Um, so it was just decided that well, since this is going open source, we really should rebrand it because it's not part of commercial offerings. Right, it is open source uh, as it's always been, but but it just it made sense to carry the Zen name, you know, when it was Zen or when it was Rogue Wave. Uh, uh, but but now that it's going off on its own, it really makes sense for it to just have a new name. That way, it's not uh, associated with the commercial products, and there's no ambiguity there. Makes sense. Yeah. So, um, like, who who's kind of behind? the team leading Laminus now? Is it is it still people that the PHP community would know or is it kind of newer, new new blood? So it is still, I mean, although it is a project under the Linux Foundation, Matthew Weirofini is still the architect. He's still he's still overseeing everything and and carrying it forward. Uh, Enrico, who also had worked on Zen Framework for a good long while, is uh, is still going to continue, but in an open source capacity. Enrico is, is now with I think he was, he's with Elastic now, um, but uh, so so Matthew right at the moment is the only person on payroll, so to speak. Um, you know, uh, I don't I don't know what that amounts to <laughs> yet. Uh, Matthew does because he's the one handling that. But uh, but everything else is all community contribution as it's always been, right? Um, Matthew and Enrico were the only people on payroll at Zen working on on Zen Framework for a very long time. There were other people in the past, but for for quite a few years, it's really been Matthew and Enrico and and the open source community contributing because there's a huge number of open source contributors. So, I mean, I I, I guess I take it out to say like the Linux Foundation not only just supporting a project, but they are also uh, supporting Matt's Matthew's efforts in developing the framework as well. Right. So the Linux Foundation, from what I understand, the Linux Foundation it carries or they have the structure, right? They have the structure and, and everything else is needed to handle the financial matters um, and things like that. From what I understand, I, I could be wrong. So, you know, there may be corrections here. But, um, you know, Matthew knows a lot more on that end than I do because uh, he's been the one taking care of all, all that. And, and, you know, he's given me information here and there, but it's mostly just him. And, uh, but, but that being said, so, so although they are taking care of that financial end and people sponsoring and, and, uh, and, and they make sure that everything's taken care of, I mean, it is still, it's still an open source project, right? It's still, uh, you know, Matthew managing it through GitHub and, uh, and the, the websites and things. There's a new website, Get Laminus. Um, you know, instead of the Zen framework, the old Zen framework site, now it's Get Laminus. Uh, is it .com or .org? Get, yeah. Get Laminus .org. Yeah, it, it is Get, get Laminus .org. And uh, so it's a brand new site, all set and ready to go. 
and uh, says that it's coming soon. Now, at the moment, the documentation is still at, uh, you know, the Zen Framework site for documentation, but uh, but eventually all that's going to move over. And that's what Matthew's working on now. That's what he's getting so, together. Is. Um, is V1 of Laminus going to equal the current release of Zen, or are there going to be changes in the, in the process of migrating? So there's not going to be any changes. It is uh, version one of Laminus is going to be the version three of Zend framework. Okay. Um, now, now that being said, there are going to be some changes because there's namespace changes, right? There's going to be namespace changes. There's going to be vendor changes as far as composer goes and things like that. So there's, there's a huge amount of work that's being done to make that as smooth as possible. Uh, so there's going to be, there's going to be tools and documentation around developers who are currently using Zen Framework so that they can smoothly transition into Laminus. Um, but as far as that, the APIs are the same, you know, after, uh, other than the namespace changes. That's cool. I mean, I'm, I'm curious to see what happens going forward with, um, with Laminus after the first release. You know, I'm, I'm sure the first release is probably not going to be as smooth as everyone hopes it's going to be. But, you know, once they, once they get that one down, it'll be, smooth sailing after that. Um, well, you know, one thing I think is cool is, you know, in, in the framework world, everyone talks about like Laravel and Symphony. And like, I think you're kind of like the bright light on the, the side being like, Zen is a thing too. Um, how, like, how did you get involved with Zen and the framework and all that kind of stuff? So I've, I've done Zen frameworks before version one. I started using Zen framework in, in 0 0.6. Um, at that at that time, it was just Rob Allen creating blog posts telling everybody how to use Zen Framework, and that's all there was, right? And that, that's that's how Rob's name got into it. He was contributing, and and his uh, his website was literally the documentation for for a very long time. You know, anybody who was doing Zen Framework um, up through version one, they were pretty much going off of Rob Allen's how tos. Um, and so I did it then. I created a uh, I created an application with a with a local company here, and uh, it was like a like a, a six hundred thousand lines of code uh, application. So not small by any means. And uh, and it was on Zen Framework dot seven by the time that was finished. And then and then when Zen Framework came around, I think dot one is when they started using Dojo uh, as the as the de facto JavaScript. Uh, you know, That's what's that? old school it is it is but it was awesome in this day right it's a shame it didn't continue but um but yeah and then i just kept on using it and uh you know in conjunction with other things i've used cake php extensively uh, a little bit of code igniter um i've used some symphony used a little bit of laravel you know throughout all this time but predominantly i've always always used zen framework because i found it i found it to be very I can't think of the word. It was just, it, it was what I expected, right? Uh, Zen framework, there's no magic there. There's no hidden mirrors. You, it, whatever is in your configuration is what the application is going to run with. Everything's right there. Um, I, I, I tend to lean away from, uh, from frameworks that are doing too much magic, where there's a lot of automatic stuff happening uh, based on certain conventions. Whereas Inzen Framework certainly has its conventions and its coding styles and things like that, but they're all they're all driven by the configuration. So I, I just fell in love with that early on, and it's something that I just continued to to like. Um, 
And then, of course, when, uh, you know, AppAgility continued that, where AppAgility was using Zen Framework in the back end, and they, they uh, had a JavaScript front end to, to generate some of the, the endpoints for the API and things. And then Expressive, of course, came out with the micro framework. And, and I'm loving Expressive. Expressive is amazing. Um, it's, uh, it's really nice and easy to use. It's intuitive. Um, I mean, it's not for, it doesn't have the ease of use of some other frameworks when it comes uh, for a beginner, uh, who, who doesn't necessarily understand object oriented and doesn't necessarily understand proper design. You know, it's, uh, because it is a micro framework, it's, it's one that you can get into trouble with, you know, if so you I, don't use expensive, it's like a middleware based, um, exactly. Right. So that I'll yeah. compare to like a. Slim four, right? Or is well, yeah, it's, it's very much like Slim, very much okay. like Slim. Yeah. Um, do you have enough experience like compare and contrast though? Like, what's different, or why might you choose Expressive over Slim? Just not to make them compete, but just for some of those who tried it. When might I think this might be a good solution to try Expressive for? You know? Yeah, I like Slim. Um, so, and, and I use Slim a good deal as well. Um, but the so where I find. Where I find the difference is uh, Slim. Uh, again, they're very they're very similar in their usage. They're very similar in their API. But that being said, I I do find at the moment I find Expressive three to be a little bit more polished than Slim. Um, meaning that uh, meaning just the way that some of the underlying plumbing. Uh, the way that it works and the way that it uses PSR seven for your for your HTTP communication between your middlewares and things like that, I find that a lot more a lot more proper and uh, and expressive. Uh, okay. Not that it's bad in Slim. I just yeah. I just find it much more proper and and uh, and uh, expressive. And the thing is with expressive, there's a lot of other there's a lot of other modules that Matthew and the team have built that make it easier to include other middleware, uh, other uh, modules, if you will. And in Slim, you kind of have to create that plumbing yourself. Um, so it's not a bad thing. It's it's still easy because it's just middleware, right? So it's very easy to do Adam's that. Adam's careful about like DMs he's going to get later. <laughs> What's that? So Adam's being careful about all the DMs he's going to get later. Oh, no, well, yeah, I'll have Rob Allen and everybody else over at Slim <laughs> sending me messages. What the hell are you saying? Uh, yeah, I really do like Slim, like, but like I said, it's a, it, an expressive Matthew and the team has written some plumbing, uh, you know, layers that make uh, using some other, app, you know, some other modules and, and libs a lot easier. So an expressive, you don't have to worry about doing some of the plumbing between the middlewares the way that you do in Slim currently. Now the next version of Slim, I, I understand they're working on Slim Four, so that may that may change. We'll see. Um, it, it's not a negative on Slim by any means. I love using it. It's it's a great micro framework as well. That's fair. Um, so can you compare and contrast using like the full Lamnus framework versus just Expressive? How does that build on top, and how does that work? The, the full what framework? The full Lamnus framework is it like a is it like a wrapper around Expressive, or how do they relate to each other? I'm still not hearing that word that you're saying. Uh, the full Laminus framework. Oh, Laminus. Okay. I, I was, for some reason, I wasn't hearing Laminus. Um, 
So, so again, uh, whenever you're looking at a full stack framework versus a micro framework, right, you're, you're basically loading the kitchen sink, right? Uh, so, so you're getting everything. Now, that being said, uh, Laminus or Zen Framework 3, much like Symphony, you know, even though you're loading everything, and uh, it doesn't mean that it's actually running, right? It doesn't mean that it's actually taking... Um, it doesn't mean that you're having to preload everything. It's very lazy in the way that it uses the the various components, right? Um, and I think Laravel is that way too. So even though you're even though you're loading everything in the kitchen sink, it's still lazy in the way that it loads things. So, um, so that's the difference between Laminus and Expressive. Expressive comes with nothing, right? Expressive, when you when you load the express, when you create an, uh, an application in Expressive, it basically goes through a multi-step installer and it says, okay, what do you want to use for your container? Uh, and you can choose between using, uh, you know, RDI, uh, Zen Service Manager, or you can use Pimple, right? Um, and you choose those and then you choose what router you want to use and you have the choice of fast route or Zend route. Um, and then, and then you go through, you know, so you go through the multiple steps of the install and that's basically adding things to your expressive application because it's very light. It comes with nothing. <laughs> um, and then you have to load in additional things as you want. You know, if you want to use a slim CSRF, you know, you can pull in slim CSRF. I generally use that when I want CSRF in, in an expressive application because the slim CSRF is really nice. Um, if you want to include a database, you might want to include uh, Doctrine. In some of the BeachCast um, episodes recently, that's what I was doing. I was using Doctrine and, and the ORM, the full ORM. I was using that in, in an expressive application, and I have some pretty detailed videos out there on BeachCast, so check them out. Um, but that being said, uh, you know, expressive by itself is very it's, – it's a micro framework. There's nothing there. Um, and, and Slim's kind of the same way, but Laminus, you know, Laravel, Symphony, all those, they come a little bit more fully loaded with things that you might want to use, you know, whether you use them or not. <laughs> oh, fair. Um, yeah. Taking like a little step back from that, mm -hmm. like you personally, I know you jump around from, you know, you, you use a lot of frameworks. You said Zen yeah. kind of just kind of clicks with you. Um, mm -hmm. are, are there any certain things you feel that it's better at in particular, or is it really just, um, you know, like I'm starting this project from scratch, so I would probably choose this just because I'm more productive in it or it cooks with me a little better. So I, I find that the way I find that the, the expressive, especially, uh, I find that it is much better for creating rest applications, right? If you're creating a rest API, expressive is the way to go. Uh, because it just makes sense. It is drop dead simple to create a REST API. Um, you know, I mean, it speaks HTTP out of the gate, right? So, so it's just, it's just so easy. Um, I mean, you're outputting, you know, based on whether you call the HTTP or, or the JSON and as your output, it's just, it's going to output that, right? Um, and and it really it really facilitates. I I like keeping the rest as clean as I can. Um, I like following the HTTP methods. I don't I don't stray too far from the basic HTTP methods in in my REST applications. And and it really makes that easy uh, because you're you're routing using fast route. You're basically creating your middleware from your routes, and they match the HTTP um, you know the verbs, if you will. 
and uh, and it just makes it really easy. So so that's my that's my plug for using uh, Expressive for for APIs because it works really well. Um, Zend the, the Zend framework or Laminus the coming Laminus framework. I think it's really nice for a very large. I mean, it's so easy to create large applications with Zend framework because then you're not tripping over yourself. Uh, because of the way Matthew and the team has architected it, later down the line, you don't find yourself tripping over, uh, you know, oh, I made the models wrong, or, you know, oh, I made the controllers different, and now I have to stumble to figure out how to work things around. And then, and then you start creating spaghetti code, and you start creating, you know, a very multi-layered uh, sort of approach, and end up with a lot of, a lot of uh, code smells and and uh, and uh, and legacy code. Yeah, I, I, I'm surprised by the number of companies who get them get caught into a trap where they're using certain frameworks and they they de- they develop themselves into a hole, and then from then on, they're basically creating legacy application one controller at a time. And, you know, versus creating a good, clean application. Uh, Zen Framework makes it easy to create a nice, clean application all the way through. Now, that's not to say that there aren't some legacy Zen Framework 1 and 2 applications out there where people step on themselves, right? That's not to say that they don't exist. But Zen Framework 2, I'd say Zen Framework 2.5 up through Zen Framework 3, it's a lot harder to develop yourself into a whole. So to, to take it, I mean, you brought up a bunch of different frameworks, a bunch of different concepts. Is it possible at Sunshine PHP you'd have like a two-hour framework uh, post-apocalyptic style Thunderdome? Hmm. See where we go, see where we get. So, so it's funny you bring that up because I do have some plans for Sunshine PHP this coming year. However, it's uh, – so – so last year, a, a lot of people are aware that last year it was no frameworks, right? Uh, Sunshine PHP was all about no frameworks. It was all about PHP. It was all about design of application. It was about the tools that people are using uh, with the applications. But we, I, we did not accept any talks that were, zen, were, were framework specific, any framework. Now, that doesn't, that doesn't mean that somebody wasn't presenting a talk on CQRS and it happened to carry some Laravel examples or, or something along that line. It just means that there were no talks that were on, you know, getting started with Zen Framework, getting started with Laravel. Here's how to do this with Laravel. Here's how to do this with Symfony. There was none of that. We didn't accept any of those talks. It was just a conscious decision. It's the way we wanted to go last year. Now, this year, we're going to be doing something new. This year, what we're going to do is we want Sunshine PHP to be the place where uh, uh, framework maintainers, where uh, open source library contributors, the place where they announce what they're going to do in the next version of their application. We want Sunshine PHP to be the launch point. Uh, so, so what we're going to be doing is we're going to be offering, uh, you know, various libraries. Like if Frank Dejange wanted to, uh, you know, plug uh, the next version of uh, a fly system or something like that, he could do that at Sunshine PHP. And in, and in return, we would do some, uh, we're going to be doing a series of press releases 
So that way, larger companies see some of these new versions coming out in PHP and it legitimizes it, right? It legitimizes it in the enterprise, also lets developers know about it. And we want to make Sunshine PHP the place to launch uh, your next version or your next uh, iteration or even a new application open source that you might be creating. So. So anything that you guys are working on, make sure to let me know and we'll get you, we'll get that included. That's a cool idea. Is it, um, so it's still going to be February next year, just like yeah. regular? Yeah, so, so February 7th, 8th, uh, with the 6th being the tutorial day. Uh, I think I have the dates right. Let me see. Let me double check here. <laughs> so that is, uh, yeah, so the 6th, which is Thursday, will be tutorial day. And then the 7th and 8th will be the conference. That's Friday, Saturday. If Matt can uh, write a decent talk in the next what six months? Yeah, yeah. If it, I mean, it, I mean, it is six months. I realize it's pushing it, but um, <laughs> but but maybe Matt can uh, do, do something in six months. I don't know. It's it's a very short time frame for him. I don't know. I mean, but the trick is decent. You know, I mean, he can he can shit yeah. something out of the book. I'm sure. Maybe, maybe. I mean, maybe. I mean, I, I'm sure I could like get some of Phil Surgeon's old slide decks and. Yeah, I was maybe just going right. to say, maybe we could crowdsource something and they, they could put something decent together for Matt. Yeah. I'll tell you that one slide. And that we <laughs> yeah. We can, uh, we can get Kat Zane to do a uh, slide, slide deck karaoke for me. And just, there, yeah. you go. there you go. Uh, I mean, I, I'm, I think that's a cool idea, really. I, I think it's interesting. And I mean, as someone who ran a conference and has gone to a lot of them this year, you know, it seems like a whole new format. And I think it's going to kind of inject some energy and um freshness into like kind of like the i don't want to say old i don't want like not stale but just kind of the tried and true we know works no one wants to stray i i did i did a lot of thinking around this and this is actually the first time i've said this publicly and uh because i i've said it behind closed doors i've talked to some package maintainers uh you know since the last sunshine php and i was brainstorming and i was trying to figure out why because as many people already know, the attendance of conferences, at least in the PHP space, has started to decline a little bit. Um, I mean, even with Sunshine PHP, even though we're 350-ish attendees, you know, it, even Sunshine PHP has seen a 10% drop, right? And and so, so paying attention to that, I'm like, okay, well, why? Why is that? And the one thing that came to mind is, is that in, in, in the early days of when there was only tech and ZenCon, right? There were the only two PHP conferences. Um, the thing was, is that's where people launched things. That's where applications were launched. It's where new versions of things were launched. And, and there was an urgency to be there. You had to be there. So you knew the newest, brightest, shiniest thing. And if you look at the, the conferences these days that are doing really well, you got the AWS, uh, you have, uh, you know, have, have OSCON, you have some of these, uh, some of these other very large ones, you have, uh, you know, Laravel, their Laracons do an, an amazing job. Um, and, and, and some of the other ones, I mean, I could go down the list. But the one thing that I noticed that was different is those are conferences that are announcing new versions of Laravel, new, new, new uh, libraries and things that Taylor has created, right? And, and so that was setting them apart. And I think that that's why the people were still excited to be there. They're like, oh, I got to see what they're going to be launching next, right? I got to see what's going on. So, so you know, DrupalCon, WordPress, all these ones, they're, they're getting a lot of attendees because everybody's excited to see the new and shiny. So, 
that's what I'm going to give a try at Sunshine. I've been very closed mouth about it up until right now. You know, so so you oh. guys are you guys are the first public me opening my mouth about it publicly. Man, because all I, twenty of our listeners are going to be so stoked. Exactly, exactly. Well, I I didn't want to talk about it too much in public because I wanted Sunshine to be the the place where I try it, right? And if I if I spoke about it too soon, then some other conferences might have picked it up, and then it wouldn't it wouldn't carry the same value, maybe. Uh, or, or maybe it would, uh, maybe it would, uh, you know, taint the idea. Uh, so the idea, like I said, is to reach out to package maintainers and say, hey, do you have a new version coming up around Sunshine or sometime in the first quarter, second quarter of next year? Let's use Sunshine to introduce it, right? And and let's see if we can we can build some excitement around the conference. And then by all means, I'm going to reach out to all the other conference organizers in the PHP space and say, here's what I did. And, and now you should do this at your PHP conference as well. And let's put the excitement back in conferences for the attendees and get people, you know, out at the conferences. Again, it's not like, it's not like we've seen a, a, a dismal, you know, amount of people not attending the conferences. It's just that I'm seeing less. I'm seeing less, uh, less excitement, less energy around, you know, conferences in general in the PHP space. I'm kind of I'm kind of fortunate with Sunshine because it's in Miami. You know, uh, I haven't noticed it as much as some other organizers have of their events. Um, but but it is a thing, right? It is a thing. I mean, we've seen conferences. Had, like, a, a peak conference too for a while, right? There were just yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We had it. There was so many of them, and um, you know, th- there was so many of them. And the thing was, is it was it was kind of overload. Uh, but but we have seen a lot of conferences just this past year that ended up canceling. You know, they ended up canceling the event because not only were they not able to get the attendees, but they also weren't able to get the sponsorships. You know, um, and and that's tough. That's tough. I hate seeing that. So my my hopes are that doing something like this at Sunshine will will uh, you know revitalize the excitement around conferences and then maybe we'll see more people which will also lead to more sponsorships and yeah. uh, for conferences in general that's a cool idea i went to a, a laracon a couple of years ago and i was like the thing that stood out the most mm-hmm. it wasn't there's was actually like very little technical talks in general you know like an mm-hmm. actual hardcore technical talk which you know i do think has a real place at the conference sure um, but the thing that stood out was really kind of the buzz like yeah. the whole two days leading up, there yeah. were constant like reminders and everyone was looking forward to oh, what's going to be announced, what's going to be announced. And then there were like three or four announcements over the course of two days. Exactly. That weren't just for Miller related. You know, I think Adam Wathan did some and, mm-hmm. and there are a few different ones. And it was yeah. um it was a real different feel to it. It was a lot more kind of exciting going through it. You know, like yeah, exactly. conference you a lot of people don't attend the last half of the second day. You right. Know, it's pretty normal for the last couple of talks to barely have anybody there. Right, or on those are like the most well attended talks. Oh yeah, because they, they they wait till the last minute to and not make some of the some of the announcements, and people were waiting for that, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, back in the day when ZenCon was in its prime, you know, that was one of the things that uh, that I remember. You know, before I worked at Zen, uh, I remember going to ZenCon. It's like, okay, what are they going to announce? What's going to be the new version IDE that Zen is releasing? What's going to be the new thing, right? Uh, you know, we had Zen Framework that was announced one year. We had another year it was PHP Cloud, where they they created, you know, a a development space. You know, so you could have your development environments on in the PHP Cloud. That didn't work out well for them because they didn't pursue it quite the way that Laravel and Symphony have done. Well, 
hopefully Symphony does. I mean, Symphony created their cloud, but uh, I haven't seen much about it since they talked since they first brought it up. But but I think that there's a place for it, right? I mean, uh, you know, uh, Forge and some other place, other things are doing really well along that line. So I mean, um, I guess this is a two part question. One, does this mean now that Zen Con is pretty much dead? So they have decided. I don't know the future of it. I can't. I, I can't pretend to know that. But uh, they decided to not do it this year. Um, they haven't said that they're not going to do it in future years. They just said that they're, they're going to put it on hold this year. They're they're reanalyzing um, because I mean Zen ZenCon really was hit by uh, people not attending, um, and uh, so and, and that that could be for multiple reasons, right? Um, mm-hmm. But but that being said, they they were they were really hit hard. Um, anytime you have a corporate conference like that, there's always the possibility of losing money, right? Uh, because it's it's not like a community event where the prices are lower. It, I mean, it's higher ticket entertainment, you know, venues, food, and everything else. And um, so they just decided that you know what, in 2019, we're just not going to not going to hold it in 2019, and then in 2020, we'll reanalyze it. That was the last word that I had heard. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's been it's probably been four years since I was actually organizing ZenCon, so. Um, you know, I organized it one year, which, you know, and that year we did really well. Um, but then, uh, but then after that, I was handed off to marketing and, and, uh, and, and at that time, PHP conferences started a, a, a small decline. So, uh, so those two things kind of went hand in hand. And then uh, my, the second part is, is, is it possible that we now start seeing like the Linux Foundation stepping in to sponsor uh, PHP community conferences or are they still going to try and, kind of hang out like in the the back row of everything i can't speak to that at all i have no idea no idea what the linux foundation has planned as far as that goes i mean uh, i i have thought about doing some things around zen framework and laminus but that's a personal thing right that's not uh you know i've thought about doing <clears throat> i've I, I've always uh hit up zen and rogue wave in past years i said you know what we really need to have you know uh, if you want something to do well, you sponsor conferences and you sponsor you sponsor user groups and you do things like that. And I just never saw them do that. I, I'd always recommended that they do it, um, but yet uh, you know we when I was with them, we we sponsored as Zent or we sponsored as Rogue Wave. I, I think that they were remiss in that, and they should have sponsored as Zen Framework or sponsored as Expressive. And uh, you know, but that's but that's just me. Um, you know, the business people, you know, they decided that it, that it wasn't worth it for them. Um, I, I, I think it was a mistake. I think they probably would have done much better had they done that, but, uh, who knows, maybe they will again someday with, with something else. <laughs> I mean, it, it'd be cool. Yeah. I mean, if they're gonna, they're, they're taking over, uh, you know, the Zen Fair project and everything, I think it'd be incredibly cool to see them at a PHP conference. Um, since PHP has a long and story open source um, career. Yeah, I yeah. think the Linux Foundation would be served very well by having a presence at conferences. And as someone who yeah. ran a conference once and was smart enough not to do it again, um, I, I think you know having that influx of money would probably make it a lot easier for other uh, community conferences 
to start yeah. popping up. Yeah, I agree. And I and I think there's something to be said for that, right? I mean, if you have a if you have a larger framework like that, I mean, I mean, let's face it, and today, you know, Laravel, Symphony, and Zen, those are your top three frameworks uh, in numbers. You know, I mean, there are other frameworks that are doing well. They're there. They have respectable numbers. But, you know, uh, Laravel's number one, Symphony's number two, and Zen's number three. They are right there. Uh, you know, that is their positions. Laravel has a, a huge lead. Um, and, and Symphony and Zen are, are a little closer to each other. Uh, Zen, of course, is is a distant third, but they're they're not as distant as between Laravel and Symphony, right? Um, you know, so so anytime you have a big framework like that, I think that if you're if you have a good solid business model of how to continue paying for that, then I think that there I think there's room for sponsorship. I think that. Uh, I think that, you know, if you sponsor as Symphony or sponsor as Laravel or sponsor as Zen Framework, if you have a good solid business model around how you bring in, uh, you know, ROI on that, then a sponsorship just makes sense. And I think it was, I think it was a big mistake for them not to do that. I think it's a big mistake for the current frameworks, you know, Symphony and uh, Symphony. Symphony has kind of sponsored as Symphony, right? Usually they sponsor as Sensio Labs, but but um, and then they've also sponsored as Blackfire and things like that. So Symphony kind of did it. Laravel has never sponsored as Laravel. They only have Laracon. They've never done any other sponsorships. And I, you know, as a, I'm, I'm a salesman uh, in in past history before I became a developer. And to me, it just makes sense. Why wouldn't you sponsor as Laravel? Why wouldn't you sponsor as Zen Framework, right? Uh, if you have a good solid business model, which Laravel does, you know, uh, and if they're using Laravel framework, chances are they're going to be using the other services that Taylor does make money off of, right? Or or the Laravel, I don't know if it's a company or what it is, but, um, you know, whatever it is, it's bringing in some money. And, you know, so sponsoring just makes sense. Why wouldn't you sponsor to get your free tool in their hands and and then upsell them on the other services that you offer around it? It just It just makes sense. Yeah, 100% agreed on that. Um, maybe maybe he'll maybe he'll listen to this podcast and change your mind. Who knows? Maybe, know, maybe. Maybe we have that reach. I don't know. Both Ben and I's arms are both kind of short, so I, 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 I don't really know the kind of reach we have. I, I, I wouldn't be against taking a Laravel sponsorship for Sunshine. <laughs> and, and so we should point out that um, this podcast <laughs> is available to be sponsored. Taylor, if you want to uh, throw us some money. You can Venmo me, Cash App, Apple Pay, PayPal. Pay We'd be happy to start another big controversy for Laravel and Clicks. <laughs> yeah, See you there. Believe me, we can do that. Just give me a bottle of whiskey in twenty minutes. I don't have any sponsors for Beachcast, but uh, that being said, <laughs> throw that out there. Hey, uh, anyway, Adam, <laughs> if you would like to sponsor the PHP Town Hall. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll sponsor, we'll sponsor Beachcast and sponsor us. There you go. We'll we'll sponsor each other. Yeah. Uh, so speak, speaking of conferences, um, Adam, when when can people find you at a conference next? So I'm going to be speaking at uh, Cascadia PHP in September, and I think it's September, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. September. It's like September 18th or something. Yeah. And then I'm going to be speaking at PHP World, which. It's, I think that's in October. Yeah, that was in October. And then I have it here. I got my file up now. Okay, so I'm going to be at Cascadia PHP in September. That's the 19th to the 21st. I'm going to be at World from October 23rd to 24th. 
excuse me. And then um, I'm going to be keynoting in um, PHP Conference Brazil. Oh, nice. I don't know how they actually nice. call that one. It's a, the name is PHP Conference BR, but it's a Brazil PHP Conference. And that one's going to be December. So I'm going to be keynoting there uh, in December. I, I've got some call for papers still pending for some November conferences. So we'll see. And uh, and then we also have some uh, events that, that we're sponsoring with Nextmo that I'm sure I'll get out to a couple of them. Um, but the ones that I'm already slotted to speak at, that's that's what I've got. So looking forward to Cascadia. I'm going to be talking about putting legacy to rest with middleware. And that's very much of taking a legacy application uh, and, and uh, using the Strangler pattern to modernize it to a Zend Expressive application and uh you know via a rest api so making it api first and and phasing out the legacy application using the strangler pattern oh that'd be really cool it's i've done it a lot i've done that quite a bit uh in consulting and working with companies and it just it just really makes sense after you've done it a few times it's like huh why wasn't i doing this for years yeah i'd Um, I'd like to check that out i'm not familiar with the the strangler pattern so I'm saying pattern that might not even be what it is. I think, uh, I think, uh, I think it was uncle Bob that, that coined it either him or Martin Fowler. One of the two of them coined the, the strangler pattern for, or or strangler method for uh, modernizing. Uh, whereas you, you build a new application and little by little, you pour it over the old stuff into the new application until the old application is done. There's just nothing left. Um, so your routing is done through the new application. And Expressive uh, works really well for that. Express because it's a middleware. Um, I, I, a lot of modernizations that I've done in the past was pretty much taking Zend Expressive, and if Zend Expressive was not able to satisfy the request, it just made an HTTP call to the background application, which was the legacy code, and then uh, after the response was gained by Expressive, it just put it out as the response. Right, so. So the consumer only saw that Expressive was satisfying the request. Um, and, and then little by little, you just move everything into Expressive. So it's able to satisfy more and more of those calls until the legacy application is nothing. You know, once you, once you uh, turn your last route so it's able to be satisfied by Expressive, the old application, you just throw it away. Delete the directory. It's gone. And uh, nice. it works. It, it, it's Fair sweet. It, it works really sweet. Now, at PHP World, I'm going to be talking about hypermedia. Um, and uh, going to be sharing my insight into hypermedia and the different RFCs that govern it um, based on if you want to use them or not. But, uh, but I, think, I think there's too many APIs out there still not using any form of hypermedia. Re- I think REST APIs have pretty much won the battle, um, but we still don't have a lot of hypermedia out there. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of need for it. Yeah, it's really, are ugly. really surprising that it hasn't caught on more. And I guess it's just because yeah. that's kind of the hard part, right? Like using HTTP verbs is sort of the easy start thing to get started. Yeah. But actually doing full hypermedia is, you know, it takes well, a lot of planning. I think, I think that a lot, of, a lot of applications are internal, right? A lot of the APIs are internal. And, and since most of them are internal, Hypermedia is not as important, right? Because you know the application, you know the API that you're connecting with with your internal application. Um, so developers get lazy; they they don't add the hypermedia layer. Uh, but then in public uh, facings, publicly facing APIs, 
you know, again, it's just laziness, right? To not have hypermedia because publicly facing, why wouldn't you want your consumer to know what the possibilities are? Um, and that's what it comes down to is, is, you know, at that point, you're forcing your customers or your consumers to, to read the documentation to understand what to use, right? And, and that just doesn't make sense. Um, and in the Beachcast videos that I, where I made a sample uh, expressive application, I used hypermedia and we automated it. Um, so basically, it, it looks at your entities as you're, as you're serving up an endpoint uh, in the API. It, it hits the doctrine entity in the background and says, okay, what should the hypermedia for this entity be based on where I am? And, um, and there was already a, uh, there was already a hypermedia component, uh, to Zen framework. So, and, and it was also built for, exp ported to expressive by Matthew. Well, I wanted it to work with doctrine. <laughs> I didn't want to use Zen DB. I wanted to use doctrine. So I, so I bugged Matthew and, uh, and he spent an afternoon and fixed it. <laughs> That's cool. So, so now it works with, uh, works with doctrine ORM. It works with Zen DB. Um, I think it would work just as easily with Eloquent. So if you wanted to automate your hypermedia in Laravel, I think it would work with Eloquent just the same. Um, I haven't tested that, but I'm going to be because uh, I want to see how that works. The Beachcast? Yeah, yeah. It'll be, yeah. Uh, it'll be uh, once I get that far in the Laravel application I'm building in Beachcast right now, um, probably, probably three or four more episodes out. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to try to put the hypermedia or use the hypermedia with it. If I, if it doesn't work, of course I won't create the episode. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll bug Matthew and get him to make it work. Yeah. <laughs> um, cause I think there's value in that. I think there's value in automating the hypermedia because then all you have to do is you, you add it as a service, as a middleware and it just happens. Right. Yeah. Um, yep. basically the way what, what it hinges on is as you're loading the hypermedia middleware. Um, it then it looks at your route, says, where am I? And then it looks at the entity and says, okay, where can I go? Um, and then it, uh, it basically uses the hydrator to hydrate the JSON uh, response. Uh, so it's actually quite simple. Um, and like I said, it's, uh, it's something that, uh, that I think it, it should work with Eloquent if it doesn't, because uh, Eloquent's kind of PSR7 compliant. It's not exactly PSR seven compliant, but it's ish. Yeah, it's close. <laughs> yeah, it's close enough that I think I think it might slide by uh, because mm -hmm. the data the data is going to be the same, right? The data being output by Eloquent is very similar to what Doctrine outputs. Um, so I think it I think it might work. Very cool. That, that'd, be, that'd be a good, good video series to to check out as someone who loves hypermedia and Hadios and all that good stuff. Yeah, Hadios yeah. and Chill. Yep. Um, and, but on Beachcast, there is one episode to uh, building hypermedia, and then there's an episode following that on automating hypermedia creation. So there's two episodes around that. I, I mean, I, I watched those. I, I thought they were really good. Um, as someone who who harps on people to do hypermedia all the time, I, I thought it was it was a good good starting point for a lot of developers. That was um, right in your wheelhouse. It really was. Um, <laughs> and I, I will bring all the questions I can to uh, Cascadia. Uh, speaking of Ben, you're going to be at Cascadia too, right? I'll be there. What are you What are you talking about? Uh, modern and secure PHP. Which you seen me get the talk uh, the last you know couple conferences. It's my it's the one I'm focusing on right now. I'm trying to get it pretty smooth. It's not going to be about your grandma's PHP, right? 
Now that title has been uh, <laughs> retired. Basically, I'm sorry, I had to get time. that dig in there. <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm gonna use your slot as my my designated nap time. If you're smart, you would uh, you just get my slides to talk before me. It's a good talk. I've been to that I, talk a few times. It's getting uh, better. It's it, less bumpy it, than it was originally because it was, yeah. you know, I try to cover a whole lot of topics on it. You know, really, mm -hmm. it's just what's changed in PHP in the past five years, which is a lot to jump around. Right. I've been right. slowly moving it more and more towards like, let's take one example. You know, let's build on that example through the talk using mm -hmm. the new concepts I tell you about. And that made it a whole lot smoother. Yeah. Yeah. It, it really is a good talk. I'm just giving a hard time, but also. I really like napping. You're, uh, you're there so, too, Matt, right? I am there. Yeah. You're keynoting, right? I am. Oh, yeah, that's my pressure. I hope you don't fuck that up. Oh, I probably will. Are you going to be talking about how to be a PHP developer, right? Uh, no, I'm going to be talking about that time I got called a hobbit and how it transformed my life. I remember that. Only yeah. once? <laughs> well, only <laughs> once in a not-so-nice way. <laughs> Every time after that, it's been great. But that first time was a real, real yeah. kick to the face. No, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. My keynote is called Welcome to the Community. I need to write it. Um, I need to email Cal and get some stories. But it's basically like that story and how it shaped my career uh, using the community, like thanks to conferences like Sunshine and other things else. And then um, how other people can do what I did to basically fashion a career out of pretty much nothing uh, except for Twitter and and a conference or a user group. So, well, as long we'll as you as long as you mentioned sunshine, and of course, I have I I I, I played a little part in you, you being attacked. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a, a little part. There's, in, there's a very very a little a little small part, but then yeah. I mean I mean well, I, I'm I helping you resolve. I didn't. I to be clear, I wasn't part of Matt being attacked. I was part of helping Matt. Oh? Rectify. Oh, I, rem I remember the entire thing very well. <laughs> um, and I, I can, we can, we can. Uh, it was a great that. thing, actually. Uh, you know, despite despite the premise of it, because because it it could have been very hurtful, it could have been very bad. I think I think overall it ended amazingly. Yeah, I mean, because here I am hosting a podcast, keynoting a yeah. conference, and. And supposedly I'm a senior developer. So I, th I think it worked out very well for me. And very good friends with the person who was, uh, you know, uh, who. Uh, yeah, she, she, has a, she has a self-portrait of, of me on her arm in the shape of an Ewok now. Yeah. So. Uh, so unfortunately, if you missed that, it could have been a hobbit. It would have been perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I, should, I should get a hobbit tattoo on my arm before, before Cascadia. Get it on your ass. Like a nice tramp stamp. Hey, now you don't know what's back there. <laughs> oh, it's just gonna be taken. And on that note, I think this suddenly took a bad turn. Yeah, uh, Adam, thank you so much uh, for taking time out of your uh, your evening to uh, hang out with us. Uh, it's always a pleasure to hang out and speak with you, uh, and we look forward to catching up at Cascadia with you. So, uh, that being said, one more thing, though, is uh, everybody will want to pay attention in August because in uh, at the Open Source uh, Summit North America on August 21st through the 23rd is where they're actually launching the new foundation. So although the Lemonis Foundation has been announced as of April in August 21st to 23rd at the Open Source Summit North America, that's where it's actually going to be launching. 
so watch for that. There's going to be a lot of a lot of good things introduced there. It's only a month and a half away. So in a month and a half, Matthew's got some amazing things to uh, that, that he's going to be sharing, you know, like the migration libraries, the namespacing and all that. There's going to be a lot of great stuff. I don't want to spill too many of the beans, but uh, but just know that that's the that's the time frame of the actual launch versus, uh, you know, the announcement back in April. Cool. Cool. Awesome. Can't wait to can't wait to hear all that. Uh, Adam, if people want to hit you up on Twitter, what, what is your what's your Twitter? So you can find me as uh, disguised as my name, Adam Culp, on Twitter, and uh, and check us out at Beachcast as well on Twitter. Cool, awesome, Ben. Uh, everyone knows where they can find you, right? Yeah, yeah. It's been yeah. fun. Uh, thanks for joining on. It's been a great time. Yeah, awesome. it's always All great. Right. We'll see everyone <laughs> next time. Thanks. Later.